Hello and welcome to McConley and Asbury's latest edition of the Interim Final Rule, our uh, podcast where we talk about all things tax legislation, coronavirus relief legislation, and uh, in our best attempt to help guide businesses through all of this and uh, in, in what we like to, to think is a, a kind of a fun, informal manner to uh, to get away from all the rules and regulations and just talk about what's really going on out there in the business world. So my name is Mark Heath. I'm a partner here with McConley and Asbury and Director of Tax Services. With me today from M&A is Dave Blaine, as always. And today, today we have special guests from Paytime, Chris Haverstick, Dale Chwastik, and Katie Westenberger. Chris, uh, can you kick it off for us uh, and just introduce yourselves, your team over there at Paytime for us? Great. I'd be happy to. Uh, my name is Chris Haverstick um, with Paytime. I'm the uh, Vice President of Sales and Marketing. And uh, with me today, I have uh, two of our in-house experts, uh, Dale Chwastik. She's our Chief Operating Officer. And uh, Katie Westenberger, who's our Vice President of uh, Human Capital Management Operations. Awesome. Awesome. And thank you again for joining us. Uh, last time, we were here talking about PPP loans, the uh, the second draw loans, and some updates on the first round, what's going on with forgiveness, applying for forgiveness, applying for those second draws. Today, we are going to focus on something that has not garnered nearly enough attention, um, although it's starting to now, definitely, the employee retention credit. So, Obviously, uh, the, the, the way the credit is structured, your payroll provider is going to play an integral part here. So that's why we have that's why we have pay time on with us, because uh, we want to get the experts on here to find out what's going on with their clients, uh, how we can help them, how they can help us and how we can all work together to make sure everybody gets the maximum benefit available for this. So. I'll kick it off a little bit uh, from our perspective. Uh, we, we have a lot of clients now interested in the employee retention credit. I'll be honest, in the beginning, we kind of had to convince cli clients that they qualified for this uh, because with the PPP loans, the original rule was if you did PPP, you can't do the employee retention credit, vice versa. Uh, now with the latest latest legislation, you can. Uh, you just got to make sure that your payroll costs match up for each so we don't double dip. Uh, so we're, we're really rolling on this now. We need some guidance from the IRS on how to actually file and claim this credit. Uh, so but uh, Paytime team, what are you guys seeing from this? Are your clients digging into this and really looking to take advantage of it? We have some clients reaching out to us. Um, we, you know, we reviewed and we have about 10% of our clients, but every day we're getting more inquiries about it. And this morning I, we had five other inquiries come in um, asking for help and um, getting it set up so they could take advantage of the credit. Yeah, and I, I think we had a similar experience that you had where initially there wasn't a whole lot of interest in this piece. So I think initially we didn't really have a lot of people reaching out, but you're right with the changes um, to the legislation and now allowing a little bit more flexibility there. We do have much more interest now than we have in the past. Yeah, you know, Mark, you know, from our perspective here at McConley, it, it, it's been it's it's been interesting. As you said earlier in this conversation, 
to it's almost been like pulling teeth a little bit to uh you know to get our clients some of our clients not all of them but some of our clients to really understand the benefit to this and the magnitude of the benefit that they actually get because it's real money it's real mm-hmm. dollars that they can get back in a refund um or some type of reduction in what they're uh, submitting as payroll taxes and i think there's definitely some what i'll call legislation fatigue going on here Mm-hmm. Everybody has had to ha- had to adjust. I mean, obviously in life, there's been such huge adjustments over the past year uh, and in how to run your business, how to pivot your business to go online or to just serve clients differently. Um, and then so so your entire life has been completely turned upside down. And then you have to understand all of these new rules, all of this new legislation to just get money that's available to you and should be made available to you just to continue to run your business. Uh, and so now it's like, this is kind of like the, the just, just the latest thing that we got to try and figure out. Uh, and I think a lot of clients are like, good grief. I can't, I can't learn another program. And, you know, really what, how much is this really going to be? You can't double dip with the payroll costs. It's not mm-hmm. until we walk through with them, the, how you can move your payroll costs around. And, you know, I mean, I, but the, our very, the very first client uh, that we went through this with this, he was convinced they did not qualify. And it was it, like you said, Dave is like pulling teeth. And then we're, we're at a hundred thousand dollars and this isn't a huge company. So a hundred thousand dollars is really going to change how they can continue to run their operations. Um, so that's an outlier, uh, you know, I'll admit, but there's a lot of dollars there for clients. So now once they see just how much is, is available and, and how much they're eligible for, they're starting to take, take more notice. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, so, so pay time from, from your perspective, how have, how have clients been filing for this? Have they been, have you seen them getting refunds? Cause the guidance we have from the IRS right now is kind of minimal where we're left just with a default of filing 941 X's. Is that what you've been seeing and have your clients been getting refunds? Do you know? We've been seeing a little bit of everything on this. So we did have clients last year that were able to take advantage of the employee retention credit and they were, so we would e-file the nine. Well, once we set it up in the system, they can get a credit with each payroll um, however, in some cases, you know, they didn't realize they qualified till after the fact. So we included it on the 941 that we e-filed and it showed as a refund. And those clients were getting the refunds last year in about three weeks when we e-filed the oh, returns. Wow. Oh, wow. That's and, pretty good. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. That was last year. Now this year for the 2020, like we're, you know, we do have, you know, clients reaching out and we're doing 940. We did 940 X's for, um, 2020. Um, and again, those clients haven't seen refunds yet, but again, we're just kind of getting through some of these. We also have clients that are currently set up and again, they're getting a credit each payroll. And in some cases they'll still get a refund on the 941 because the liability on the payroll, you know, isn't, uh, uh, it's larger than, or it's not, the credit's larger than liability. Right. yeah, and so far, you know, we're not doing anything regarding the um, seventy two hundred form, um, but that's what we've seen so far. 
So you are seeing, so you have seen some clients actually get get refunds at this point in time, is what you're telling me, based upon uh, filings that were done earlier, and if it was done through, and if they were e- EFT yeah. filings. E- yes. Correct? Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, that well, that's good news because uh, I know I have a couple clients that actually um, they do their own payroll, of which I've been trying to talk them into go to pay time. Mm-hmm. So, but uh, <laughs> they uh, they uh, still like to do their own payroll, and. Um, they they did the they they decide to do the nine they decide to do an amended nine forty one um, for the quarter that they could apply for the ERC credit and they paper filed that and checked the box for the refund. So I would assume that what you're seeing there is probably somewhere in a range of six to eight weeks before they would even see a check at this point. Right, that's what we're thinking. Now the nine forty one X's we're not able to e file those. But again, if we if the credits like we have clients reaching out about quarter one, 2021, where they're eligible um, and because they also are getting a PPP loan kind of in the middle of it, they have basically we're going to adjust it at the end of the quarter just so they can you know make sure their wages are right. But again, we'll e-file that 941 and then hopefully they'll get the refund quickly as well. Um so I'm not sure though because of 2021. I I just think they're going to have a hard time keeping up with all these refunds. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we're seeing that on just the federal tax side as well, yeah. just the regular taxes. Yeah. But are you seeing a lot of communication? Are are, are you having to communicate a lot with the IRS uh, for your clients in regards to the, the, these uh these um the, you know these these credits or is it just you just fi- doing the filings and we're and just that's done? Yeah, we're so far we've just been doing the filings. Okay. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we've been we've been focusing a lot on 2020 because that's where most clients didn't know that they qualified. But uh, you know, that's a good point you bring up, up about 2021. We've been kind of putting 2021 on the back burner because you know we, it, it was January, early February. But now all of a sudden we're almost a month out um, from the end of Q1 for 2021. So now we got to, <laughs> we got to shift right. gears again um, and, and, and start focusing on our, our Q1 941s for 2021 for those clients who qualify. Um, and again, the, the, not only is the credit bigger for 2021, the eligibility is even better for 2021 because you only need a 20% decrease in your gross receipts and you can look at Q4 to see if you qualify for Q1. So you don't even need to wait until the end of Q1 to determine if you qualify. Um, so if, if, if you're in a business where you had a significant drop in gross receipts of, of in Q4 of, of 2020, you already qualify for Q1 of 2021. You don't even, you don't have to wait for your gross receipts numbers to measure it. So start, you know, p- keeping track of your payroll. If you're getting a, a second round, second draw PPP loan, Make sure you're paying attention as to how we want to use the payroll costs there. If uh, you have a 24-week covered period now, uh, you can push that out as long as possible to take advantage of that. Um, because, yeah. you know, like we've been saying, the refunds from 2020 are going to be delayed. Uh, so we can we can do all the work to file all the paperwork to get a refund for 2020. Uh, but check's probably not going to be coming in the mail anytime soon. So let's make sure we're also focusing on 2021 because you just offset your payroll deposits and you get that cash back immediately. So, um, you know, you know, if you're, um, if, if you're like, like what's the time period for being able to file for any credits for 2020 mark or pay time? Is it, 
do you have a, a certain amount of time that it has to be filed if you're going to try to file an amended 941 for 2020? You, you follow what I'm trying to get to? It's like, you know, your, your 941s had to be filed by, by January 31st, right, for uh, the fourth quarter. And let's just say that you, you determined that, you know, we could have probably filed for a credit um, for the URC credit in 2000 or 2020. How do we... Um, you know, is there is there a time limitation on when they can go back and file those amended nine forty ones, or a time limitation for when they can take that credit? I'm so not. I'm, a, I'm actually. That's, go ahead. Yeah. You, you know, <laughs> I think we both paused because you know there's there's the statute of limitations uh, of of three years. That's the general rule, but I, I'm not aware of of a a specific time a deadline that you have to file it by. And that's what I was going to say. I'm not aware either. So yeah, that's it. Because I mean, that's interesting. Because you know, you're, you, there's, I, I'm just thinking about back to what we were talking about a little earlier about how this is kind of just kind of slowly taking off. I, I could see a situation where you get through the middle of 2021, and and a, and a company says, you know what? I wonder. You know, we really had a bad year last year. Our revenues are way down over 2019, and you know, we took the paycheck protection loan, but we, we we used it up in eight weeks and we filed it within eight weeks. And then they realized, hey, you know, we could have qualified for this in the third quarter of 2020. I was just, you know, thinking of regards to, again, the statute of limitations or how, how long out could they possibly go before they actually filed for that credit. So, Okay. Yeah, we have, we, we've got time. Um, obviously, there's no time like the present, but uh, but there's no there's no hard deadline coming up. Um, so you take your time. Make sure we get this get the right number. Make sure you dot your eyes and cross your t's and uh, and make sure we get the maximum benefit. And and to your point, Dave, we 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 have had some clients say, hey, you know what? We weren't dramatically affected uh, our business for whatever reason, or we were able to pivot and operate in a different manner so that we we weren't affected financially. So you know what? I'm, I'm not going to claim that credit. Well, right. we're not, we're not done with this pandemic yet. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but we're not done. And so things could change. So this, this so the opportunity doesn't just go away. Um, that's good. So that's, that's a good point, Dave. If, if, if things continue, hopefully, you know, all the, all the indicators say the economy's looking up, um, things are looking good, but you never know. So let's just make sure we keep that, uh, that in the back of our minds. So. Uh, yes, if I want yes, to talk so, a uh, little, no, go ahead, Kurt. go ahead, Mark. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to ask. No, I, uh, I was going to switch topics. So if you want to, if you okay. want to add something else, please do. No, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I, I think I'm good. Wow, Dave's letting me talk. That's that's. <laughs> I'm not used to that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the 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 big thing, uh, one one of the big hurdles is, and th- this is the. F- kind of the first pushback we get from clients is, well, you know, I already filed my, my application for forgiveness from my PPP loan. Um, I already used all my payroll costs for that. Um, you know, I'm done. I, I, I don't qualify for this. And this is where we're waiting for guidance from the IRS to say, so, okay, I filed a, a, an application for forgiveness and I have this, this big payroll number um, that I'm getting forgiveness for. Does that automatically eat up my payroll costs so I can't use it for ERC? Or 
can I say, well, I didn't need all those payroll costs to get full forgiveness. So I'm going to pull some of that back for employee retention credit. Um, Dale, have, have, have you been having these conversations with clients? Have they talked about that? And have you, have you looked at that at all to see how we push the, push those payroll costs around? Honestly, the clients are providing us with, we're telling them, you know, they make sure to make sure they review that. Again, like you had said, no double dipping, but they're pretty much looking at that, providing us with the information that they feel is eligible for the credit. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's then, you know, that's, I, I don't know if all, all clients are aware that there's got to be, you know, kind of the, as, as much sense as taxes and income taxes don't make, if you if you live in the in, in the income tax world like I do, it kind of does. Um, you 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 know you match expenses with revenue, and when you have an income event, you generally have to pay tax on it. So it, it does kind of make sense. So from that, when I look at it from that standpoint, that tells me if I have payroll costs, just I wrote a number on a form. And my payroll costs were $200,000 and my loan was only $100,000. I don't care that I put the $200,000 of payroll costs on there. I didn't use them. So I have an excess $100,000 of payroll that I can use for employee retention credits. And But the IRS is just slow in coming out and saying uh, whether or not, you know, how they're going to view that. Are they just going to take the application and say, nope? Yeah, two hundred grand of, of payroll costs on there. Sorry, you know you lose. Um, or are they going to take kind of that common sense approach and say, well, no, you didn't actually use them, so let's go ahead. That's fine to use it. Use it for the ERC. Um, but hey, they just came out. Uh, the commissioner just came out uh, last night and said that they are they have no plans on extending the April fifteenth deadline for income taxes. So they're at least starting to give us some guidance, um, right? But uh, hopefully they'll, they'll they'll get around get around to commenting on on this a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting about the April 15th deadline earmark too. So I read I saw that the um I saw that there was a uh in the Senate Finance Committee, I guess, uh they were looking at the they were looking at weekly weekly filings and weekly um tax deposits that are being made on filings and I guess it's like way behind. And uh yep. they're questioning the IRS in regards to what's happening here. Um, what, why, why are things so slow? Why, why are you, why is the IRS slow in getting forms out? So clearly the IRS has been told to ramp things up and that no, because of budget constraints, we need all the revenue we can get. So there'll be no extension of the April 15th deadline at this point. Yeah. They, uh, you could only even start filing on February 12th. So the the filing season is, is already compressed. now, does how does that affect the average taxpayer? Probably not, not a ton. I mean, I, there aren't there aren't too many too many individual clients out there who are, who are showing up on our doorstep on January fifteenth, ready to file their taxes. So we're really only talking about you know a week or two delay. Um, and you know, to your point, Dave, the 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 government can't. It, they're going to be hard pressed to extend the deadline to pay. What would be lovely is if they just came out and said, hey. We're not going to extend the deadline to pay, but we're just going to give everybody an automatic extension. So you just got to pay your tax by April 15th. We don't actually have to file anything until um, until later on down the road. That would at least just you know alleviate that kind of magical 
deadline of, of April 15th. That actually isn't even a deadline if you do a, re- do a refund because you can file late. It doesn't matter uh, if you right. do a refund. Um, but everybody obviously wants their refund. So you want to file as quickly as possible just to alleviate that, that, that stress point of you know driving to the post office at, at 1130 at night on, on April 15th to try and get your taxes mm-hmm. mailed. Um, it- so... You know, Mark, going back to your uh, going back to what you were talking about a little earlier about the uh, use of the payroll costs between the PPP and the ERC. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because before December twenty seventh, <laughs> most accountants were advising their clients to just use payroll costs for loan forgiveness because technically that was a lot easier, and because you were using payroll costs, and just because the mechanics of the the forgiveness application, it just, it would, it would for certain in most instances assure that you were going to get loan forgiveness. Now looking at the, the rules as they changed and moving, you know, to the fact that yes, you can file for the employee retention credit, even though you had a paycheck protection loan in 2020, it, it does, you know, make the conversation, uh, a more complicated, we'll call it, because of the because of the idea of how do you um, maneuver around your payroll costs to be able to take advantage of both. So one of the things that we've been telling a lot of clients that if you have not filed for loan forgiveness for your first round paycheck protection loan, and you think you might qualify for the employee retention credit, do not file for forgiveness yet then. In fact, if you filed for a second round paycheck protection loan, you might be better off just waiting to file for loan forgiveness for, to do both of them at the same time, just to make sure you can go through the quali- the qualifications and the calculation of do I qualify for the employee retention credit and how do I get it and how do I segregate my payroll between both programs to make sure that I can take advantage of both. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, before December 27th, I think we had three clients taking advantage of the employee retention credit. Um, one was private equity backed, so they were not eligible for the PPP loan. Uh, the other one uh, was a much larger company, so they couldn't take advantage of the PPP loan. And so they were the only ones taking advantage of the employee retention credit. Now I think we're up to like 35. Um, so it's it, a dramatic increase. Um, so now a lot of clients, they... And, you know, perfectly understandable why they did it. They filed for PPP forgiveness as soon as they possibly could because they just wanted to get it forgiven, get it off their books. Right. If you didn't, you're exactly right, Dave. If you didn't file forgiveness for forgiveness, just wait. Uh, let's make sure we can maximize forgiveness and maximize the ERC. And we're seeing a lot of examples where for 2020, we're getting the full max $10,000 of wages for all of their employees and we're getting full max forgiveness on the PPP loan. So right. you got to be creative. You got to dig into the detail. Uh, and then there's also the healthcare costs on top of it. Uh, you can radically apply your healthcare costs um, to the ERC if you're not already getting to that $10,000 max. Um, exactly. Per employee. So. So, so I got a question here to uh, direct towards uh, our pay time uh, folks. Um, when it comes to 2021 in filing for the employee retention credit, um, 
tell us a little bit about to want you to walk us through um, how the, the your payroll company is 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 actually handling the the two doing it for 2021 activity. Um, you know, in regards to are are they uh, are your are your clients taking it each pay period? Um, you know, how how's that working on your end, and and how are you making it work for your clients? So we we do have clients um, that are doing it for 2021, and they are taking it each pay period. And what in order for us to do that, we have to set up special codes that are tied to an employee retention. Um, credit and then it calculates the credit for the client. So, so when it comes to, um, so for, for the credit, I mean, if there is, if there is uh, funds that are due for payroll costs, like there were, we're applying the credit against those funds due. I mean, are you seeing, are you seeing a situation where the credits wiping out what their tax liability or payroll tax liability might be for the pay period or, or, or what, yes. what, are you, what are you seeing there? Yes, I we okay. are we are seeing that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. How are you tracking it from the perspective of? Because I believe it's it's capped at it's capped at ten thousand dollars of of gross compensation for the quarter at seventy percent. So from you know how are you tracking that to ensure that that that, that cap is not being uh, ex- exceeded? Well, and again, we we have two platforms, and Katie could. Can- Speak more on the other one, but um, so we're doing that via a report for clients, just because we want to make sure we don't book more, or we or they don't book more wages than they can for the employee retention credit. But again, behind the scenes, the credit is generated, so the system knows to cap at ten thousand. But we still want to make sure that they're careful not to book more in specific codes than they should. But we are reporting to help with that. Okay. Yeah. To, to echo Dale a little bit, um, like I said, we do have two different platforms that we offer here at Paytime. And uh, luckily, we both um, have a similar setup where we do have some checks and balances in the back where it's done behind the scenes and caps are applied so that, um, you know, the clients aren't processing more credits than they're actually eligible for and that type of thing. Um, so it, it is nice once we are able to set up this functionality for a client. Um, because it makes that process much more streamlined for them. They don't have to do the calculation. It's all happening within the system itself. It's, you know, one of the benefits of having a payroll system that can do some of those pieces. So um, I think Dale and I are both both lucky that we have systems that are really helping with this process. Sounds good. Oh, that, that, I was going to say that's that that's great. That's a that's a huge help to know. There's that kind of back check on that system there, uh, to make sure everything's in order. And uh, just to follow up, I did I did check uh, while we were on the podcast here on the amended 941s, the 941Xs. Uh, it's it is the standard three year statute of limitations. Um, three years from when you filed your original 941. Um, or two years from when you paid the tax, whichever is later. So presumably that's going to be your three-year period. Um, and that is for over-reporting. So that's where we would be here uh, when we over-reported payroll tax deposits and we want to refund, you got three years. So uh, so no rush. You, you want to get it done as soon as possible to get get your money, um, but uh, but there's, there's no pending deadline. Okay. 
That's good to know. So, I mean, because yeah. you're gonna, because I guarantee you, too, in 2021, you're going to get to the end of the year here, and companies are going to be like, "Hey, I wonder if I could apply for that ERC thing." <laughs> you <Yep>. know, <laughs> yep. hey, how come you didn't tell me about this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So. so. All right, I think we kind of covered all of my uh, all of my hot topics here, uh, Dave. Do you have anything to add or any last questions or uh, um, or paid Yeah, the only thing I would ask is uh, you know you know from the side from from pay times perspective, you know, seeing seeing where we're at today uh, with with this uh, w- with how the employee retention credit's working and. Uh, and knowing where we've been, I mean, are you, you, you're, you're, you're heavily involved obviously in, 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 in payroll and you, you were probably involved in organizations with that, uh, you know, that deal with payroll and payroll legislation. Where, where do you think this is going to go? Is there going to be any significant changes to this program that you can see in the future and possibly, or anything that, you know, you've been advising your clients, uh, from a payroll perspective? Um, Hey, you know, listen, this is the way it is today, but there's a good chance it might change. And anything on your side that you that you see maybe forthcoming? I not, I don't, I don't see any. Well, it seems like things have been changing pretty consistently through the whole year on you know everything that's been rolled out. But I, I'm not a, I don't see anything changing as far as like our processes and how we're doing all of this. Okay. So, I David, if I if I may. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, relating to the PPP and ERC, obviously that's a moving target, but we've certainly seen, you know, with the, with the pandemic, clients looking to be more paperless, um, not just with pay stubs, but time off requests, performance reviews, trainings and certifications, um, you know, where, you, where you've got a lot of people working remotely and you have, you know, a HR professional, and it's not as easy to just walk into that person's office and have a conversation about something or to review documents, you know, changes to handbooks and things like that. You know, we're seeing a lot more drive towards that paperless human resource uh, type system with time and labor and whatnot all built into one system. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of heavy movement on organizations headed that direction. Right. Excellent. How about from the perspective of, um, you know, if there's, you know, any, any um, recommendations that you would have for clients or even new clients in regards to how they uh, give you information or apply for the ERC credit for the, for the employee retention credit, is there anything that, you know, anything that you would advise in regards to like we would call like tips or tricks or anything like that. What would make your life easier at pay time? Like if you're working with somebody who wants to take the credit, what, what are some of the documentation that you need? Or is it just basically you want to take the credit and you know, you'll set up the codes in your system and you'll make it happen. Well, we set up the codes then, but we're also asking them to provide us with, you know, the employees and the wages that, you know, would qualify the credit especially for 2020. I mean, 2021, once it's set up, it's, it's pretty seamless. Right. But go, yeah. But going back to prior years, you know, we just need their help in providing the employee detail. Right. But the, the, the but the employee detail is the responsibility of the client. Um, you just want to know for your perspective, um, what that detail is. And then you take the detail. It's not like you're auditing the detail, but you are requiring that they keep the detail 
and have the detail on file in the event that there's an audit of their 941 or their payroll taxes, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. And then for the first quarter, for any 2021 credits, uh, basically you just want, they, they just need to show you that they qualified in the qualification and what employees the credit's going to be taken on. And then you go ahead and move forward with that. Correct. And they just really need to tell us that they've done their due diligence and they qualify. And then, you know, we set the codes up and then everything's booked towards those codes and it calculates the credit. Yep. Excellent. Mm -hmm. That's very helpful. So, all right, back to you, Mark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the, one other random question I had. So the, uh, a lot of companies, most companies are taking advantage of the uh, deferral on deposits of the employer portion of the payroll taxes. Uh, but then there was also the executive order that allowed companies to defer uh, the withholding and deposit of the employee portion of payroll taxes. I know of no companies who have taken advantage of that other than the federal government. Are you, Do you guys have a lot of clients who have taken advantage of not withholding the employee portion of the payroll tax withholding? No, we did not offer that due to system limitations, truthfully. Okay. What's right. beneficial yeah. to us. That's, ki- okay. that's kind of what yeah. I figured. I was just yeah. curious. Yeah. yeah. And the client too, because I heard that was a nightmare um, for clients that did were for <laughs> businesses that did. So I'm, I'm yeah, glad we, absolutely. Yeah. We were, we laugh about it because we were, we, it's the same thing here. We're just kind of the mindset of like, that's just crazy. I mean, I don't know how you're yeah. going to track all that. And then, and then how you're going to take it back from the, from the employee. Right. And an employee but, leaves you know. and yeah. Yeah. Great. So, okay. Well, great. Thank you, Chris, Dale and Katie for joining us. Um, any parting thoughts from anyone? Now's your chance. It was, it was our pleasure uh, joining the podcast today. You know, thank you for uh, trusting in us to, you know, to, to go through this with you. And, you know, one thing I would say is if uh, you're not getting the correct advice from your accountant, you should be. <laughs> <laughs> we and agree. You should be the accountant. If you're not getting the correct advice, who you should be going to go there, Chris. I, I would agree. Yeah. Well, who should you go? Is it McConley and Asbury? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> I figured you would just assume that, but you know. <laughs> hey, Chris, right. thanks for the plug. You're, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely welcome. Well, thank you, everyone. And uh, keep checking out the podcast. We'll, uh, we'll be dropping this soon. We'll be dropping another one uh, soon after that. And uh, as always, reach out to us if you have questions. We love discussing this stuff. And uh, everybody have a, have a great rest of the day, whatever you got going on today.